At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for tuning in. Two guests on this episode, we have Andrew Marchand, New York, New York Post sports media reporter and columnist, to go through uh, a slew of sports media stories, everything from baseball and Turner signing a, an extension for big money in the middle of baseball and the owners fighting about money, uh, get into the uh, ESPN 30 for 30s, long gone summer, and Lance Armstrong, um, Trey Wingo and his status at ESPN, how the networks will handle kneeling this year, number two uh, NFL Fox broadcast team, and a bunch of other topics with Andrew. And then after that, Arash Markazi from the LA Times joins the podcast to talk about the reopening of Vegas. Arash was like the number one reporter in Vegas when it reopened two weeks ago, and he gives us all the details from what the casinos were like, the tables, the pool, the sports book. So if you're into Vegas, um, as I know many of you are, like to do those trips out there, especially for the tournament, the NFL. Arash tells you what that situation is like. Before we get to the two guests, let me just tell you, if you missed any past episodes of the SI Media Podcast, please dip into the archives and check them out. Last week, Nate Burleson from Good Morning Football and CBS Sports was on, and he was phenomenal. Great conversation about race and what the uh, past, uh, I don't know now, two, three, four weeks has been like here in America and, and the change that's taking place. Nate was great. On that topic, two weeks ago, Aaron Andrews was on. Three weeks ago, Andrew Perloff from the Dan Patrick Show, Peter Schrager, Ian Eagle, Chris Long, all recent guests as well. All right. So, yeah, check those out. Download um, and subscribe to the podcast, please. All right. Let's get to this week's show with uh, Andrew Marshan of the New York Post and Arash Markazi of the LA Times. All right. Joining me now, SI Media Podcast, regular New York Post sports media columnist, reporter, writer, Andrew Marshan. Andrew, how's it going? I'm doing fine. How you doing? Doing well. I think this is uh, your second appearance since the quarantine started. So uh, it's good to check in and actually do some sports media stuff. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of things going on, it seems like, in the last couple of weeks in sports media as hopefully we, we uh, get closer to more sports coming back. Yeah, it's starting to pick up, and like you said, hopefully, uh, baseball is a little tricky situation right now, but it uh, seems like basketball is probably going to come back. We've got some soccer, football potentially in the fall, but like everything right now, who knows? Your your last column, I think it was your last column, uh, you interviewed some sideline reporters. I had Aaron Andrews on a few weeks ago, and we discussed how that role changes if there's no fans in the stands. I think it's an interesting topic. Uh, I enjoyed your your article on it. Um, it. It's kind of like one of those weird things because you would think a sideline reporter with no fans in the stands, Corona going on um, could really do some interesting things. And, and the role as sort of newsbreaker is important there. But again, who knows what these telecasts look like because there's even, you know, Kevin Harlan said they're going to call games from a studio. So, well, let me start with this. If 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 you have games called by play-by-play and analysts in a studio, do you think they'd bother with a sideline reporter? 
Yeah, I actually think that's where the interesting uh, aspect really comes into it. That like you could have Harlan and Marv, Ian Eagle, Brian Anderson from Turner all calling the games from a studio in Atlanta. Uh, and then in Orlando, you could have sideline reporters there uh, doing their job um, on site. So I guess, you know, when you look at it in the hierarchy, the play-by-play person and the analyst have always been higher, and they still are, but, but the sideline person might have uh, the inside track to be at events. Now, I talked to Michelle Tafoya, you know, by the NFL season, I'd also spoken with Al Michaels. You know, they seem to think that they will be at the events. And if there is baseball, I do think the home team announcers uh, will likely be at the events. Uh, so uh, it's gonna, it's, it, here's the thing about it. It's not going to be a one-size-fits-all type of situation. You look at CBS with the golf. They had two course reporters, uh, but their analysts were not on site. Uh, Jim Nance was uh, on site. Uh, and then Fox in their second NASCAR uh, broadcast, they added a second pit reporter. So it's going to be different for, for each um, sport, but I do think there is a, any sort of having the XFL and no fans, try to bring fa- fans closer, viewers closer to the game. I do think uh, you could see some expansion potentially of what sideline reporters do. It's crazy because, you know, we're, we're in this time now where, you know, the baseball players and owners are sort of battling over every cent and dollar or how, you know, how much they're going to lose, how much they're going to get cut this prorated. And it doesn't, and, and sports media has been hit hard, but in terms of broadcasters, it doesn't seem like, you know, you would think as a, just as a cost cutting measure, a lot of these networks might not use sideline reporters. Now, I guess if they have contracts, then, you know, you, you can't cut people, but it is interesting that it doesn't seem like the sports broadcasting uh, in terms of play-by-play and analysts, not talking about talking heads or stuff like that, they have not, you know, been hit by cuts. Like, is, is that because they, they have contracts? Is that the simple answer? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, mostly that's the contract. I do think that uh, if you look at a place like Sinclair, which owns a majority of the regional sports networks, you know, they only offered $2,500 loans uh, to their people, um, which uh, someone told me came out to $28 a day. Uh, so it has hit you know, play-by-play and analysts uh, for those regional sports networks. Some others have been much more generous, and, and a lot of them have contracts that uh, that are shaped differently. So they were paid, some weren't. Uh, but in terms of it hitting the industry and pay and all that, yeah, I think that will be, in some respects, forthcoming. And people still get paid. Uh, but uh, you know, Disney, for example, and ESPN uh, are only going to open the wallet sometimes and, and not that it's not true entirely, but they will use the pandemic as well to, you know, in negotiations. Uh, so, uh, so you will see that going forward as well. Yeah. I was shocked to read not to, to plug one of your competitors, but I, I was shocked to read Bob Raceman of the New York daily news. I think had it over the weekend that, um, I found this very interesting locally here in New York Michael Kay does a radio show for ESPN radio. And he said ESPN radio cut his salary during the pandemic. Kay, who also does all of the Yankee games on yes, has not had his pay cut at all by the yes network, even though there hasn't been one Yankee game. And I think, um, Raceman reported that all yes network Yankee announcers have been paid in full with no game so far, which is fascinating when you consider the Yankees cut minor leaguers who are making like what $400 a week or something like that. Well, two things with ESPN. If you're making more than half a million, you're you were asked to accept a 15% pay cut for three months. Uh, so I think Kay said yes to that. Um, and then, uh, really comparing what the Yankees did with their minor leaguers, the yes being paid is not really apples to apples. I mean, they're kind of separate entities. Uh, but um, yeah, it's a credit to yes if that's true. Um, if they paid everyone in full then, uh, yeah, I think anybody who's treated their employees the right way, understanding the circumstances, uh, I just think it shows kind of the fabric of the company. Now, that might be, as some people naive, there's different circumstances where you literally can't pay people because you don't have the money. But some of these companies that, like a Yes, or the, all these cable networks, you know, SNY had much more substantial cuts uh, here in New York, the Mets network, uh, but they're still getting their cable fees. 
so right. um, <laughs> it's you know they're still getting paid uh, right. you know a lot of their rev you know a good a portion of their revenue every month. Uh, so uh, it's uh, you know so so to answer your overall question, oh yeah, I, I do think it will have an impact, but maybe not as uh, not as much in the you know in the interim. And then in the middle of all this madness with baseball, you broke a story over the weekend. I think it was Friday you broke it about uh, Turner re-upping with Major League Baseball. Um, they they do one of the series in the playoffs uh, while Fox does the other the other league, and uh, Turner will be paying Major League Baseball a significant amount more money for this contract. Uh, I'm just curious before we get into that. Uh, was anyone at Major League Baseball? Did you hear from anyone at Major League Baseball that was unhappy with the timing of your breaking news report? Because that did not help the owners. I mean, I always talk to everybody when I do stories, so I did talk with people. But I mean, it was true, so I don't know. You know, I don't know what they could be mad about. I, I mean, yeah, is the timing really good? No, but it's it was accurate. So, um, you know, uh, they had already done a deal with Fox uh, for you know, I think. a 38 to 40% increase. And now they, they added Turner and you know, ESPN probably won't be far behind. So uh, when you look at it, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they brought, it wasn't really good timing for, for the owners, but they were doing the deal. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they, they know what they were doing. It's not like they were in the dark of what was going on. Uh, so, uh, but publicly, obviously uh, it probably was stronger for the player's case, because if you have, it's a, it's a, it's near $500 million a year when this contract's extended in 2022, when you have that type of money coming in and then you're saying, well, we're not gonna be able to pay players. Uh, it just doesn't look, it doesn't look good. So try, try to help me and the listeners understand something a little bit, because all we hear about is, you know, baseball is dying. Baseball has no young fans, et cetera, et cetera. And then the TV money comes in and it's always there. And I'm curious, you know, I get it with, um, ESPN and Fox. I'm just curious on the, the the Turner Sports angle of getting into bed with with Major League Baseball. Um, you know, like you said, five hundred million dollars for um, I don't know what is it, maybe fourteen, fifteen, twenty playoff games, and then a weekly game during the week that not one person in the country watches. So, like, what is What's the motivation there for Turner just to add to the NBA portfolio, become more of a, you know, they have soccer, I guess, with Bleacher and, you know, become more of this, this sports property. But it goes against everything what people say about baseball and the future of baseball and the business of baseball. So why does Turner fork over so much cash? Well, number one, uh, the cable fees that obviously we all know about cord cutting and people who never started with cable, but but still at the end of the day, it's, it's still a very nice business to have people paying you. I don't know what exactly everyone pays per month to, to Turner, but I'm sure it's a good amount. And when you add it into, if they're, they're in, I, yeah, I don't know many, but let's just say they're in 70 to 90 million homes, somewhere in that range, I would presume uh, per month that adds up to a lot. So um, I think when you do the math, if you have premium products like baseball is, you know, irregardless of, uh, it getting older and whatever. And, and let me just say something, cause you, I tweeted something yesterday. So we, I think that's kind of, um, and you, you tweeted at me, uh, about, I said that, um, that baseball basically should be careful because the MLS, the two hour, um, watching Netflix life experience, no commercials and the in-game experience at arenas is really excellent. And the NBA might go to December through August you know, which would be right against baseball. Uh, so I said, you know, MLB, are you really sure you want to do this? Cancel your season. And it's not that people are going to, who are old time baseball fans are going to start watching soccer. Uh, but there are kids who now have grown up with the MLS who know about all the leagues around the world. And you're just giving them uh, another entry ramp to really get their attention when you're sitting out over money, especially, and again, I like baseball. And I've been one to say it's a proponent. I can make a huge argument about how successful it is on TV. I don't understand why they don't have, they haven't really explained it by minutes watched. How many people, how many minutes do, do, do Americans watch baseball as compared to football? I mean, I've never done that math, but I would imagine it's much more considering 
was 162 games compared to 17 now, 16 it used to be. Uh, so I think he, I think baseball has a positive story and um, is growing. But I think in this situation, I think they're making a you know everyone knows this they're making a major mistake in terms of the growth of the sport, people getting interested and allowing others to get in the door and being like, oh, this is kind of a good experience. And it's not every day. In soccer, for example, it's two hours. I don't have to invest as much time. Um, so, so I think there's a, there's a few things in that. But baseball is still uh, very important and at the fabric of sports and still obviously a major, major sport. And I think it has, it's a more of a success story. I just think right now uh, it's, it's a major – it's just a major era of public relations-wise. And if you have a fringe fan and just the commitment that baseball takes – uh, I think they're, it's just, it's, it just doesn't make sense to me in the long run in terms of if, if it's all about money in terms of where the money will go. You said like 50 things there I disagree with and maybe three that I agree with. It, it, listen, no one's going to say this is a good look for Major League Baseball. This is a horrible look for Major League Baseball. There's no doubt about it. I don't, the, the opening up avenues for other sports. I mean, I've heard for about 20 years about how MLS was going to become a thing in this country. Still hasn't. I don't think baseball not being around is going to help the MLS. That's just my opinion. We can agree to disagree on that. The other thing is this. Wait, 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 I want to agree. I want to know. I don't want to do it. The MLS yeah. first off, has been around for 20 years. And the idea, I know, I agree with you. I First of all, I, don't, I like soccer a lot. I'm a big soccer guy. But the MLS is part of it. I mean, MLS is it's an okay league. It's not like it's not like it's some amazing league. It's the in-game experience and the the idea that soccer, in terms of fanhood, is now has a real audience um, of people who actually played it in in large part and also who are growing who are growing up in it. So it's different because baseball is like an heirloom that's passed on from generations. And when you take a year out of that, I'm not saying baseball is going to be like ruined. Nobody's going to like baseball. Of course, people are going to go back eventually but that fringe fan you're, you're taking a chance you're taking a little bit of a gamble uh by saying you know what we're just gonna not play for 18 months when it's over money during a pandemic i mean that's a right. that's, that's an issue all right well again though again when you say soccer like yes soccer has a level of popularity within that there's the mls which just does not it's like Football, you could say football, the NFL is the king, but, you know, at the end of the XFL there before it shut down, there were like, less, you know, a million people watching the games. It, it's not. So you said MLS. I don't think the MLS is going to have some boon because baseball's not around. That's all I'm trying. I don't think they're going to be flocking to the soccer games across America in the MLS because there's no baseball. That's I I will leave it this. I'll leave it at this. Though. But you're, I think you're missing. I'm not saying old time Yankee fans going to say, all right, let's go watch NYFC. When they have no I know interest the kids, in soccer. The kids. I know, I've been yeah. hearing about the kids in soccer for 20 years. I, I, I got it. Go I to a game. Kids. Have you been yeah. to a game? It's not about going to the game. It's about the MLS. Their popularity is not going to change because there's no baseball. Okay. It's not going to happen. Right. Yeah, maybe a couple more people check out a game, but I mean, that's not going to do anything for the sport in the long run. And here's my thing about baseball, because everyone wants to say that the damage that's being done right now is going to be severe. This is just my opinion. I could be 100% wrong, but this is how I feel. opening day 2021 everyone will be there like nothing happened because here's the thing people are angry right now and part of the anger is because of the pandemic and corona when that is hopefully god willing in the rearview mirror by next april people are going to be grateful to have opening day they're going to be grateful to have the sport back right now everyone's life is completely on june 16th 2020 our lives are completely different from how they're going to be on April, whatever opening day is, 2021. We're in this mind. Please, I've seen I so many. Right. I hope you're right. I, I mean, the, I the amount, the amount of people who are tweeting about their anger at Major League Baseball don't even watch the sport. They just see people fighting during a pandemic and they're pissed off. And I understand that, but the reaction is so over the top because these people don't even watch the game. Number one, and number two. The, if there's no, I mean, what's the point of a 50 game season anyway? Like shut it down at this point. What is the point of 50 games? I mean, I get the point for Fox yeah, and ESPN. They should play 70. Well, right. But where we're at now, it's going to be 50. Yeah, it's stupid. 
Right. Like, I, what is the point? Like, what it makes is the no point? sense. I mean, I don't know. If you like baseball, I think there's a point. I, listen, I, think I like. It. Listen, if the Yankees played fifty games, I'd sit there and I'd watch all fifty. But it's well, not. It, it's not they like won the this World is the series. Real. You'd be happy about it. I, I, the idea well, that, it's be, not. But that's not a real. That's not a real World Series championship. That's like but, for you and Chris Russo to discuss, you know, endlessly about like nobody really. You enjoy the game. I mean, like again, what does it even mean? It's not a real. It doesn't count. Like you won't say no, the world champion. No, if you play a fifty-game regular season, your title does not count if you win the World Series. Sorry. Okay, I disagree. But it, it, of course, it counts. They're going to celebrate just like they won the World Series any other year. They're not going to be like uh, Aaron Judge is not going to go. Just uh, oh, doesn't. I don't really feel like we won. Right, the World they'll play Series. it like it. Yeah, they'll play it like it counts. But in my head, it doesn't count. So that's all. Right. It's just about my head and nothing else. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean anything. Not, you know, I mean, 50 games, 50 games out of 162. I mean, I, I don't get it. Um, 162 is way too many anyway. So there you go. 52 is too little. No. Nah, they should play like good. 140 games. The beauty of baseball is that it's just always there in the summer. Like whenever you need it, it's there. That's why 162 is good. Yeah. If you, I guess maybe I covered it too long, but that could be, that could be part well, of the equation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're coming at it from a from a weird standpoint there of covering the Yankees for all those years. Um yeah, I don't know. I again, I think it's very easy for someone to get on Twitter and say they'll never watch baseball again, but I just I don't buy it for a second. Because baseball is they've done a lot of bad things in the past. I mean, this is, you know, like to get outraged over this. Yeah, you're outraged cuz there's a pandemic, you're thirsty for some And listen, I listen, I want the sports to come back simply because of jobs you know we know we you know yes, i know so many people who, yeah, 100%. Yeah. that's what 100%. that's what yes, right 100%. that's the biggest factor in all this i want the you know if they have fans in the stands you want the people there who are selling the peanuts and the beer to get get their money we know people who you know you mentioned sny you want those people back to work you want newspaper writers back to work. i get it from that standpoint but the 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 theory that you know America has been devastated because there's no baseball. And I saw a tweet from someone about like, how can you call yourself the national pastime? You've disappointed America. First of all, relax. Second of all, football's the national pastime. And, you know, let's not like go crazy here because there might not be a baseball, 50 game baseball season. We'll all survive. We'll all be fine. But again, but I I want it back for people. People people are like, you know, they're turning off. Yeah. But I want it back for people to get their jobs back. I mean, that's what's important. Yes, exactly. That's, yeah, exactly. That's that's another yeah. factor. That's a big factor. Yeah. Um, speaking of baseball, you did not watch Long Gone Summer, the thirty for thirty on ESPN yet. I was yeah, I was a no on that one. I watched all the Jordan, watched Lance, watched Bruce Lee, and I didn't. I didn't watch Lance. What did you think of Lance? Lance, I thought was the best one. Uh, Better than Last Dance. Yeah. Really? It was really, yes. Yeah, that was very good. Um, it showed, like, you know, when you're writing something or saying something, you really want to show, not tell. Um, and I thought it did a great job of that because Lance Armstrong, very complicated guy, but you got the sense of what a jerk he is and was, uh, but what a competitor he was and you know, how important he was to the sport. And I thought it just gave a really good, much more journalistic uh, view of everything, but entertaining in the same light. Um, the last day was entertainment. I mean, it wasn't really, you know, there was a little journalism in it, but it wasn't journalism at all. Uh, I mean, Jordan was one of the producers and NBA is one of the producers. I mean, come on, give me a break. So you're just like missing out. Like, for example, you know, they went into everything and all of Dennis Rodman's personal life, like Michael Jordan, uh, we didn't know one thing about it. Like, again, I'm not saying I wanted that, but I'm just saying if you're doing an expose, and the idea that it was shooting down like any conspiracies about gambling, this, that, and the other thing, uh, maybe those things are true, maybe they're not, but like that documentary wasn't going to find the truth. So the act as if it would, if it had found out like, you know, some, uh, that the gambling, you know, secret suspension was true, uh, it's hard to believe. And the people who said it were, were the commissioner, the NBA's lead PR person, Jordan's biographer, and maybe Jordan, I think, was, might have been the fourth one. So it's not exactly like they did like a expose. So, um, uh, so I thought that. But our Lance was good. Bruce Lee was all right. I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, and so I skipped Sosa and McGuire. Um, I saw your tweet. It was really bad. Um, 
And I've never seen a bad 30 for 30. That's what was so shocking about it. But this was really, really bad. Um, I wish you would have watched it so we could discuss it. That what's interesting to me about give me, the, give, me um, give me like a give me a like like the top reason it was bad. Um, well, it was an hour and forty five minutes of home run highlights, and then the last fifteen minutes were steroids. They, I mean, the the document it opens up with like five minutes on like a memorabilia collector. Nobody cares, and. What I th- the most shocking thing to me was they interviewed Sosa, asked him about steroids again in the last 15 minutes after an hour and 15 minutes of home run highlights. And by the way, when they started the steroid segment in the last 15 minutes, they started it with Bonds and put it all on Bonds. And then we're like, oh, well, you know, it was all Bonds' fault. Bonds did it. Now we got to ask these guys about it. They asked Sosa about steroids because he's never admitted it, unlike McGuire. Sosa got defiant and said, I don't understand why everyone wants me to admit to steroids when everyone was doing it. And the producer or whoever it was asking him the questions off camera never followed up by saying, because you hit 66 home runs one year. They just let him go. So it was a lot, you know, I was tweeting about how bad it was and the responses I kept getting from people on Twitter who hit the nail on the head more eloquently than I could kept saying like, there's just nothing of depth here. They didn't go in depth on anything. It was just all, there's, there was, they didn't get into anything. It was an hour and 15, an hour and 45 minutes of this is how they went back and forth hitting home runs every day during the 98 season. And then the last 15 minutes, it was like, well, Bonds did steroids and then it got to McGuire and Sosa and the end. <laughs> all right, glad I missed it. I had people like, you know, I have to say, this is a shocking thing for Twitter, but like 95% of the people agreed with me. And then the 5% were like, oh, it was a fun look back at 98. Oh, it was so fun watching those home runs. Oh, nostalgia. So, but there's nothing there. If you look at there's not, you don't learn one thing. Not one. Yeah, that's the thing. You want to learn something. That, that's the other thing about Lance. Um, I didn't, like, obviously I know about Lance Armstrong. I knew some things. I didn't know necessarily all the nitty gritty, which makes it much more interesting. So there's always yeah. that perspective. I think if you were someone who was into cycling, it might Lance maybe wouldn't be. And even the, the talking heads on the one it, uh, were weird. You know, a lot of Chip Carey, a lot of local St. Louis guys. No Joe Buck, who basically called the record-breaking home runs because I mm-hmm. guess either Fox doesn't let him on or ESPN doesn't let him on. Who knows? You know which one of them is pulling yeah, that string? Because you know Joe. Would, yeah, I think they let yeah. him do it. Joe Buck. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, it was strange. It was really weird. Um, what's going on? You've reported a lot lately about ESPN Radio. Is oh, there's two things going on. So ESPN, uh, several people have, I guess, left, not had contracts renewed during the pandemic, and now there's talk of like an ESPN Radio shakeup. Now I don't, you know, I don't know. We're in New York. Nobody in New York listens to, what is it, Wingo and Golick in the morning? Nationally, I'm not sure what what the status is there, but from what you've reported, it sounds like a shakeup could happen there soon. Yeah, I mean, Keyshawn Johnson uh, could be on that morning show for sure. Uh, I think Max Kellerman may be a possibility. Not maybe he's a possibility, but I'm not sure that that will happen. Um, So... They'll change that up. You know, Max can maybe do later in the day because uh, I think he wants to stay on first take, uh, which is, you know, obviously very important to ESPN and TV is kind of the driver. So could he do both? Yes, that's a long day. I know people aren't going to be able to relate, especially now, but get up at four in the morning, do six to 10 on radio and 10 to 12 on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, you know, Max will make a lot of money, but. I don't know. It's a tough life. Uh, yeah. So could he do sure. one to three on radio? I think that's possible. Max does one to three on radio. Um, and, you know, Greenberg, Mike Greenberg also is in there. So what happens to Trey Wingo and the Golics? That's a good question. Uh, Will Kane's leaving. Uh, so the afternoon slot's open. So, yeah, like it could be. And they've, they've thought about, you know, moving Levitard out of the 10 to 1 slot. I don't know if that will happen now, but it's definitely – been discussed many times up in Bristol. Obviously, this would be pure speculation on your part, but I'm just curious because, like I said, the ESPN radio thing in, in New York, it's not a huge factor nationally. Maybe it is. 
I think the bigger fact here is what would he what would ESPN do for an NFL draft host if Trey Wingo wasn't part of ESPN? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people we could go with. Uh, you know, Sam Ponder does countdown. Susie Col- Colbert does Monday countdown. Um, they're going to bring in Laura Rutledge over to uh, NFL Live. So I think any of those three women could get the job. Um, Steve Levy uh, is a great host. He is the front runner to be the play-by-play guy on Monday Night Football. I could see maybe using Levy in that slot. Uh, so I think they have a lot of um, people they could go with if uh, Trey were part of the do you, team. Do you think there's any chance at all they'd bring Berman back if that gig was open? Back, 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 back. Just, uh, just for that gig. Just for that gig. Nothing else. Uh, I mean, the first round, I don't know. He, listen, they, they have brought Chris back uh, for a variety of things. Um. I tend to doubt it, uh, but it's not, I don't think it's impossible. If you had him just for round one, he definitely would not do, I don't think he was doing it at the end. You know, that's when Trey would take over uh, the second day. But uh, yeah, maybe it's not the worst idea, but I I think ESPN kind of has to get away from that. I think that's a crutch uh, to go back to the Berman, for that nostalgia thing. I think you kind of have to develop your next generation of stars and if you just keep going to that well at the old timers day uh, i just think it's it's not great for your what you're trying to present uh it's too backward looking instead of forward thinking uh so not a terrible idea maybe one that i could see being on the table but uh i haven't heard it as of yet because you know oh. Trey's not you know Trey could still he could still stay in, in some capacity i'll take not a terrible idea i'll take that um that's like a b plus I don't want to get into a whole kneeling thing because it is what it is at this point. I, I, everyone has their opinion on it, but I'm curious from this standpoint. You know, one of the things that has sort of flown under the radar, I think, in all this is that, and I've written this um, twice now. Oh, I, I wrote a column and I th- I did it on Twitter. You know, one thing people forget, NFL regular season, 1 o'clock, 4.15, every Sunday, Fox CBS, they don't show the national anthem. Now, players are going to kneel this year. They'll go back to showing it. Do you think that will go on the whole season? You think it's like, let's do it for the first week, maybe the second week, and then get back to normal and make our monies with the commercials that we show during the national anthem? Or do you think they have to show it every single week because it's going to go on every single week now? I think you could, like, there's a chance they might not show it, but then come back and show a clip. Uh, I think that's possible. Right, They're going to do their commercial inventory. The first week, I think they they would show it um, for sure. Uh, But, you know, and I think the NFL used to make the, before the Kaepernick um, kneeling and the issue um, that was created, that wasn't the real issue, but with the flag, you know, they years ago they did show the national anthem <clears throat> throughout uh, the networks on opening day, and not the right. rest of the year. And so, yeah. Um, yeah so I, 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 it will be a, it will be a thing the whole year. You know, it obviously. I mean, a lot of it's also dependent on what's going on in the country, and you know, um, is there a feeling of reform and things are going the right direction? And, you know, you know, not that things are going to go that quickly for something that's been going on for you know, centuries. Uh, it's not going to be you know, all better, of course, so quickly. But uh, but I do think there will be a mood in the country. But um, uh, but so, yeah, to answer your question. Yeah, I think you'll see some form of it probably weekly um, if that is indeed what happens. So, yeah, I think see, if, the, if the NFL, well, if they're going to show the anthem every single week and the players kneeling, that is what's going to get certain people enraged because they're, they would have even known about it beforehand, but then you get the visual. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. I'm just saying, you know, most of, you know, Trump, MAGA, Fox news, they're only going to go after it. If you know, the networks are showing it, but that's a whole other issue. I think there's a greater, but yeah, but I do think there's a, again, I get it. I look at, with any subject, there are going to be cer- certain 
segment of people who get mad no matter what, even though the facts don't. But I do think there's a greater understanding overall of what kneeling um, by Colin Kaepernick during oh, the flag. I mean, I understood that yeah. personally, but yeah. but like I understood it, you know, can, can that could be understood now than it was then. Now people kind of understand it, um, what he was trying to do in terms of a peaceful protest to try exactly. to, you know, make change. Uh, so, um, so in that regard, you would think maybe there'd be less, um, you'd hope there'd be less um, enraged and more understanding. Maybe some could still disagree in terms of not standing for the flag, but, but not be enraged to understand it instead of, um, oh, it, there's going to be, coalition. yeah, there's, there's, there's a, there's an election going on. This is going to be made an issue of, and there will be rage. You can guarantee it. Um, last one before I let you go. Any, any news on a number two announcer for the Fox NFL crew to partner up with Kevin Burkhart? That opening still exists. Yeah. They're going to wait on Greg Olson. Um, and so for this year, depending on what happens with college, if there's, uh, no, college then i could see or like limited college you know they have a they don't have as many packages fox you know in fox sports and you know, they have a big 10 and they have a pack 10 let's say one of those i mean the big 10 i think would most likely play but let's say the pack 10 doesn't play um then maybe i could see a, a brock Eward moving over or even a joel clatt possibly more likely Eward if there's college but it, and if there's no college then maybe clatt uh, and then if they don't do that and they those the college teams stay then I think uh, you'll probably get somebody like uh, Mark Slareth or Daryl Moose Johnson or um, uh, the third person, maybe good. Spielman. Yeah, not so that good. for a year. Not good. Oof, oof, poor Burkhart. Not good. Not good at all, if that's the answer. Oof. I mean, those are good, legitimate games. That's, oof, that's rough. That is rough. They got to dip off. into the well. Your top number one. Number two is, though, I think what Fox is doing makes sense though. Cause I think the one thing sometimes places do is they'll rush instead of, um, you know, wait for your, the right person that you want. Uh, even if you have to kind of do a gap here. Um, and yeah, so I, I think those are possibilities. I, I just thought of this and I, I guess I should ask you, I, you know, when the breeze thing happened, I actually had people come to me and say, you know, do you think NBC cuts ties with him? You know, there was even talk at SI, someone wanted me to write something maybe about it. And I said, this is the stupidest thing because he's not getting this gig for another year. And, you know, there's so much time that's going to pass. Did, do you know if, was there even a second where maybe NBC considered cutting ties with Breeze or was that not, do you know if that was ever on the table or not on the table? Yeah, I made calls in terms of see where the, where the you know, temperature was. No, I don't think that was ever in question. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I don't think it's probably not over for him completely, but I do think that, you know, he went at president Trump. And so I think that, um, will, for lack of a better term, help him, uh, in terms of, you know, what was becoming an issue, especially I think, and this is where he'd be in trouble with his fellow players. Um, so if he was looked at as a total outcast, and the other thing is when he comes, to NBC, he's going to do Notre Dame football first, and then he's and an NFL studio, uh, and so it's not like he's on the games. And even though that studio show is very watched, um, it's the most watched one. Uh, it doesn't feel as I don't know, for, at least to me, it's just at the it's at the end of the day. I don't know. It's just like the personalities get lost. There's a lot of highlights, and so I just don't know if there will be as much of a focus. And 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 I think. Um, look, in this day and age, anything that's been made political, you're not going to please everybody. But I do think that um, he's quieted enough where I think he'll be fine. And, you know, especially if he goes out, throws for 40 TVs, and he might even play another year after that. So it's like it could be two right. years away from him retiring, uh, even though most people think this will be his last year. Exactly. Yep. All right. Uh, that covers it all. I appreciate you coming on. And, um, doing some sports media stuff. It's good to have this stuff to talk about. Well, hey, you had some big uh, guests lately, Jimmy. Yeah, the guests have been good lately. And uh, I'm like a know, downgrade. Same. I'm a downgrade. No, no, we always got to, we always got to have a sports media conversation at least once a month, get it in there and, you know, mix it up with the guests. I'll tell you, it's hard, you know, it, it's just, 
the the one thing from doing this from home is that it's kind of limiting and like the guests, as you know, I'm, I'm recording this on the, some computer program. So whoever's the guest has to be on a computer, not a phone yeah. or iPad. And that sort of limits, um, how can I say this nice? Let's say maybe some of the older technologically challenged people sort of eliminates them as guests, unfortunately, but we'll see what we can do about that. What, who's the one guest you wanted to have on that you couldn't have on because you didn't think they well, could handle the technology? Uh, dog. <laughs> Uh, I think you'd answer that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I don't. I, I, hold Chris on. I Russo, don't the, people understand that the the, the yeah. thing that you use, you have to be on a laptop or a computer, right? And you have to right. press one button, right? I don't know if Chris Mad Dog Russo can handle that. We're gonna find out because I'm gonna try to get him on. We'll see. Uh, he has young kids. You'd think they'd be able to help him out with it. Yeah, they're not even young anymore. They're like teenagers, right. teenagers and even better. Teenagers. Right. So they, like, right. So they should be able to. I got a up. computer. Got a computer. I got one. That, that's a terrible information. Yeah, it's like, do I want to go through that disaster? Because I go through it with my dad. I know what it's like, so it's not pleasant. But luckily, you know how you know how to use a computer, and you came on with no problem. So I appreciate All right. it. All right, sounds All good, right. man. Take Welcome. it easy. Right, Thank you. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, joining me now, old colleague and friend, now at the LA Times as a sports columnist, and he did the, uh, I don't know if it was the first, but it, I think it was the first, the first official reporting from a reopened <laughs> Las Vegas, Arash Markazi. Arash, how are you? I'm good, Jimmy. I have to say, you're one of the people, I, you know, now I'm thinking about it, that the like quarantine must not have been fun for you, considering you're in a different state every day, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it was really hard because we were about to go into this phase of like the playoffs. You had like the little the Lakers and the Clippers, and this was going to be like a fun season for them. And then the Dodgers. I mean, you just had so much happening um, during that time. So, listen, I think it's been hard for a lot of people, but in Los Angeles sports in particular, we were about to go into a really fun t- time. Yeah, the the Lakers especially. Um, we're gonna, I think have a big run there where, you know, it would, there, you know, LeBron, whether he's with the heat, the Cavs, the Lakers, there's really nothing like those, you know, June nights, LeBron, you know, in the playoffs, sort of everyone watching together. It's always that I miss, I must say. And then, you know, the big thing for us in Los Angeles, I mean, we have not experienced one of those June nights in like 10 years. And so this right. was like a feeling that after, a long kind of period of like really bad basketball and not making the playoffs and having like a top five pick that finally this was like a championship contending team. And as soon as like that last weekend of the season, they beat the Bucks, they beat the Clippers. It seems right. like they're finally getting ready for this stretch run going into the playoffs. And then we got the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, I, we're going to talk about Vegas. That's what Arash is on to do is give us uh, sort of set the scene for us from what Vegas was like. But I'm just thinking of this as you're on because you are out there in L.A. I'm here in New York and, you know, Pac-10 football, Pac-12, whatever it is, USC, UCLA. I mean, they're just complete non-factors here in New York. But I am curious because 
with COVID, it does seem like college football, you know, all the attention right now is on MLB, NFL, and college football, at least here, maybe because it's, again, I'm in New York, so there's this, you know, sort of bias here, but college football is sort of flying under the radar. In my head, I think the biggest mess with college football is like every state is just completely different when it comes to the COVID. Um, what's the vibe there in California? Do you think like Pac-12 starts on time? Do you think fans in the stands? Do you think no season? Well, give me just before we get to Vegas, give me a little yeah, synopsis. You know, so the un- unique thing about that, as you touched on, is like a school by school basis. So USC will be allowing students back on campus in the fall. That again, that is the plan. The UC system, which includes UCLA, is saying it'll be like a um, online class situation. So what you, what you can't have and what college football will have to, you know, somehow deal with this is you can't have players returning to a campus if they're saying that it's not safe for the students to return to, to campus. So <laughs> right. my, my guess is they're going to try to figure out a way to have a college football season. But that's the, that's the, the struggle there where USC is saying kids can return to campus, but UCLA is saying that they can't. Bizarre. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's by the um, way, that is a great word to describe this time period that we're in right now. Just bizarre. Yeah. Everything. Well, speaking of bizarre. So Arash hit Sin City when it reopened a couple of weeks ago and uh, was really like the reporter of the, you know, the, the number one reporter reporting on the opening of Vegas for basically everyone. <laughs> and you posted some great pictures. I, I, I put them in train of thoughts. Now, my takeaway from your pictures of Vegas reopening was just, it looks so depressing to me. But when you were there, what's the vibe when you're there? So here's the thing, depending on what hotel and casino you went to, it could be depressing because the important thing to note is that only half the strip is back up again. Uh, so if you go to- Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, um, I'm trying to think. Like the Wynn was open, Caesars was open, Bellagio, Cosmo. So that other end of the strip with like MGM and Tropicana, New York, New York, that's closed still. No, they're um, open. So I'm trying to think of the close okay. properties would be Paris, the Mandalay Bay, um, Haria, Vidara, Mirage. Now, why yeah. is that? Why are only half well, open? So I, I think what they want to see is who's who's going to come out, right? Like right. who's the guy, because that guy included me, but I was there for work. Like who's the guy who's standing outside the casino door at the Thursday at 10 a.m. awaiting us to like open the door for the first time, because it was amazing res- the re- response I got. Um, and I don't know if it was like 50-50, but I mean, there was like half of the people were saying, oh, that's amazing. Like, I'd love to go back. And then obviously there was half, if not more, to be honest, that were saying, oh my God, like, why are they doing that? Like, we're not past this. We're going to get a second wave. And so um, so the most surprising thing to me was this, and this really touches on your point of like, I was providing like a glimpse into Las Vegas. It was a very mundane video in terms of if this was 2019, no one would have cared about this. But I did a two-minute video of me walking through the casino floor Friday night at the Cosmo. And what made it unique, or at least unique during this time, was that it felt like it was shot last year. No one was wearing a mask. No one was keeping six feet apart. Um, It just was like everyone was having a really good time. And so I think the Cosmo of all of the properties felt the most normal. And when I say normal, like there's no pandemic in the, in terms of what these people think in here. And in the story that, that I wrote, I was at one of the tables and, and a girl turns to her friend and says, why is he wearing a mask? And I was like, wow, like she, like, like either she never cared about this or maybe she did care at one point in time and then she stopped caring. But like, the Cosmo floor, I was maybe one of the only non-employees that had a mask on. Wow. That's a, now, but were there, were there postings, signs yeah. throughout the casino saying to wear a mask? Yeah. So there were signs posted encouraging you to wear a mask. Not only were they encouraging you to wear a mask, if you didn't have a mask, they had one for you. They could provide one for you. So they had masks, they had gloves, they had everything that you would want or need 
But it's not a state requirement. So, for example, in California, if I were to go into a store, I have to wear a mask. Now, right. in, in the Nevada, that's not the case. And so all you can do is encourage people, provide it for them. But then at the end of the day, if they don't want to wear it, they don't have to. And so the weird thing was is that um, what's happening right now is you're exposing employees and people who work there to a really tough work environment, you know? And so I think right. that's what that's what you're going to see. And so I hope there's not a um, – well, there, there probably will be a second wave. But I, I, I hope for the sake of the employees and the people who work there because they've really had a tough – I hope they don't have to close down the casinos again. But I mean, it, it just if 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 people are coming from around the country and not wearing a mask, because again, th- these are people probably Jimmy who don't think that COVID is a big deal, right? Like if you if you're in Vegas and you're gambling and you're at the pool party and you're having a good time, listen. There's a certain segment of the population who who think it's not a big deal, or you know that 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 it's blo- you know that 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 like if they get it it's like the flu so that's what i kind of saw right so i'm walking i'm walking the casino floor and i'm like this is the segment of the population who don't think it's a big deal but unfortunately for the people who work there and who live in las vegas they're required to wear a mask but they're serving people who are not wearing one right see what what you're what's depressing about what you're telling me is that you know listen Anywhere you go, you're going to have that person who, you know, thinks they're a tough guy and doesn't want to wear the mask. But from what you're telling me, it was the overwhelming majority of people, which, you know, and that puts the casino in such a tough spot because, you know, they're desperate for business. They're not going to start fighting with people and throwing them out if they're not wearing masks, if no one's wearing a mask. And then now you're putting all these people at risk. And um, well, because here's well, because here's the other tough thing. And when you look at different places now that require you. Uh, to wear one is that if you're drinking or you're smoking, you're you're not going to wear a mask. So a lot of these people are saying, I mean, a they're not required to, but if you were require if you were to require them to wear it, I think they would just always have a drink in their hand or always have a smoke in their mouth and kind of say, hey, listen, like like I'll wear it if I'm not drinking or smoking. But the fact of the matter is, that the, the 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 person would probably always try to hold a drink and be in a position. So. Again, you know, if if you are um, the type of person who is not going to leave your house unless you absolutely have to, you're not going to Las Vegas, right? So I just posted a poll. I'm like, would you feel comfortable going to Las Vegas? Over 60% of people said that they're not. And so, right. you know, again, like we've seen these, these people on social media. The people who are, when I say flocking, they're not flocking yet. Again, there's no traffic in Vegas. The traffic is within the casinos because there's not that many that are currently um, open. But if you're in Vegas right now during the pandemic, there's a good chance you don't think that COVID is that big of a deal. Right. right. So let me ask you this. When you went into a casino to the tables, um, was it a situation, were any tables filled at all with, you know, five, you know, whether it's blackjack, you usually it's five or six people there. Craps table, you could get, you know, a bunch of people. there. Were tables ever filled at yeah. any point? So the Cosmo really, truly felt like it was pre-pandemic. It, there was no, so I mean, I'll, I'll just explain. At the Bellagio, there's a plexiglass divider between the players and the, and the dealer. And not only that, they are only three per table. I didn't oh, so notice. Wait, I, I don't want to yeah. cut you off, but I just want to be sure, clear. Yeah. Is that only at the Bellagio? Like the other casinos don't it's have the play? the MGM. So at the MGM Grand, New York, New York, and Bellagio. So th- I guess that's the other tough thing, that this is not a – if there is a statewide law, it didn't seem like it went to all the properties because I'm just right, using I'm, the Cosmo as the example. Like they did, right. they had no plexiglass there. Right, because I'm a dummy. So I saw your pictures and I just assumed every casino on the strip had the plexiglass. I didn't realize no, it was a yeah. casino a casino basis. Okay, wow, so like, what a compare, disaster. Yeah, wow. so compare and like listen, the Bellagio and the Cosmo are right next to each other. So there's a good chance if you went to the Bellagio, you're going to walk to the Cosmo. If you went to the Cosmo, you're going to walk to the Bellagio. Right, right. So compare the pictures that I took of the Bellagio where there's like a divider and things like that. And then you walk to the Cosmo and it's none of that. And here's another thing. 
if you go to the roulette table at the, the MGM properties, they require you, you they require you to wear a facial covering because there's no pl- a plexiglass divider there. Now, right. that is not the case with the Cosmo. So that is the biggest issue that I think a lot, a lot of people have 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 had. And yeah. so, and I really think that's a state thing. I think the Cosmo is they're they're trying to basically keep it as normal as they possibly can with with staying within the guidelines. Yeah. And if the state's going to say we're not going to require you to do this and we're not going to require you to do to do that, they're they're just not. And and the other thing that was really surprising is the pools. The I mean, so there's not the pool party, the crazy pool parties that you've seen before, but right. the day beds were sold out, the cabanas were sold out, like it was as close to a pool party as you're going to see. See, I feel like, again, you know, one of the dicey things about this Corona is, you know, everything, nobody knows anything. It's all a mess. There's yeah. no leadership with it. So everyone sort of is forming their own opinions, which is how we get into this mess. I and mean, I'm of the opinion. And again, I think it's so different state to state, but I think if you're outside you know, I don't think you have as much to worry about as if you're inside. Like sure. to me, when I hear you see, I think pull, you say pool party to me, there's a couple things there. One, it's outside. And two, you can easily stay six to 10 feet away from people. If you're outside at a pool, you know, you could go into a little corner at the pool or go on your yeah. lounge chair and say, what I think about though, no plexiglass inside at a roulette or craps table, which get packed with people breathing on you while they're putting their chips on the tables that terrifies me. Yeah, and that's that. That was my biggest concern with with playing is that I think that they tried to do as good of a job as they could in terms of cleaning the chips and cards and bringing out a new deck and things like that. But you're not going to do that like every time t- someone touches the uh, chips, right? And so that'll be interesting. So yeah, so they so so everything in terms of playing the games with the chips that was the you know you hand them the, the cash same. and they yeah. give you the chips. Now, tell me, though, like when people were there, okay, let's say craps table, you know, someone comes out and they hit the point number, they roll the eight and the, and the, and the table cheers and goes crazy. Was that happening? Yeah. Or was, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So people were into it when they were playing. And then um, I can't imagine the sports book must have just been so. Well, so the issue with the <laughs> sports book was just like there was no live sports, but the sports book was back up again. You could place a bet on the future. You could place a bet on certain things that were happening. But yeah, the problem with the sports book is just like there, was a, there wasn't a ton of live sports, so there wasn't a, t- a ton of people there. Right, right. The thing about the placing the futures bet, though, I mean, like, I don't understand why anyone would place a futures bet when there's a pretty good chance that you're going to have interrupted seasons or not see, you know, I, I, you're playing with fire there in my opinion. I mean, you know, you can even have a situation, let's say the NFL, you know, let's say something happens as a second wave. Maybe they only play a 14 game regular season. Then what happens to your overrun? You know, is it, yeah. that is, that's a rough but I think, one. To I think, I think people just wanted to place a bet. Right. But like, I, I right. totally agree. Like, I mean, you, you could place a bet and obviously things are not going to go or the season's not going to happen. Um, combat sports during that first weekend did return. So that was sort of like my sports component with UFC to top rank. So they're putting on fights, no crowd, obviously, but the media can go cover which I did. Right. Would you go to Vegas for pleasure, not for work. Um, anytime in the next three to four months, if the opportunity presented itself, like if let's say a hotel has called you up, Zeraj, come for a weekend, no work, just hang out, gamble, pool, whatever. Would you go? You know what? I probably would, uh, but it would be during the week. I don't think I'm going to go back there on a weekend because what I found, because I was there the entire week, I got there on Thursday and I left on Thursday. You can socially distance during the week there. Um, right. I was wearing a mask. I had my hand sanitizer. And so I, I think you can have a relatively good time there uh, Sunday to Thursday kind of a thing. But, but that, I mean, I, I got to be honest, when I was there during the weekend, and, and I believe that's going to be the case on 4th of July weekend because that weekend – 
the entire strip should be good at that point. They're 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 going to open up the Mandalay Bay, Paris, Link, you know, like all the hotels and casinos. They're anticipating will be back up by that weekend. That's a that's the kind of time period that I don't want to be there, where it's a packed strip, packed right. casinos. Again, that's what they're hoping. It may not be packed. And the restaurants, um, I assume, if the casinos are open, the restaurants are open for like sit down meals indoors. They are, but you know, a, a lot of them are taking turns. So, like for example, Kakarpeta at the Cosmo, they were open, I think, f- four nights out of the week, and mm-hmm. like, like so. You know, there's like like adjusted days and times, but they were like open. You like everyone was wearing a mask. You had to be six feet apart and things like that. So in the restaurant, the people were wearing masks then. Well, so here's the thing. You walk in, <laughs> you wear a, a mask. Again, you're sorry. You're not required to. They right. they like. Add, but then, Jimmy, like even in Los Angeles now, I can walk in and I wear a mask. And as, I, as soon as I sit down, I take it off. Why? Because I'm right. going to have food and drink and things like that. Yeah, see where where I am, we're just hit phase two. So like they just last week they opened the um outdoor seating. So you have to wear a mask to your table, and then when you get to the table, you take the you mask can take off. It off. Is yeah. that where you and, are in, in uh, California? Exactly. And you know, yeah. and the thing about that with flying now, that's the same thing. Cause if you have drink service or food service, so I have to wear the mask coming on. But as soon as I right. sit down and I have a drink, I take it off. So like there's like like Bizarre. you said, there's so many things about this that we don't know, and it's like okay, I can wear a mask when I come onto the plane, but as soon as I have like my drink and food, like I t- take it off. Yeah. Do they have in the re- in Vegas at the restaurants that are open? Do they have the tables, you know, six, ten feet apart or whatever? It That's is? six feet apart, but yeah. you know, I mean, there's no one there saying like, I mean, it it looked like they were six feet apart. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. It's it's so sad that this is what's happened to Vegas, but it also sounds like it's a complete free for all. So, like you know, well, because the other thing knows. about Vegas is like there's no way to truly know the infection rate in Vegas because what we what we we have seen, by the way, we have seen a spike in Las Vegas. That's just if you live in Vegas. So that doesn't count for if you're from California or if you're from Phoenix or if you're from somewhere and you drive to Vegas or fly to Vegas and then you come back home. Like that's that will be counted towards the state that you live in. So, um, you know, I am very curious to see how this all plays out just for the sake of Las Vegas and the the sake of the people who work there. I hope it works out, but you know, if no one's going to wear a mask and if no one's going to socially distance and if the weekend crowds, especially going into July 4th, look as crowded as it was, that was concerning. Yeah. Like from what you're telling me, I just based on what you're telling me, my assumption would be, Opening Sunday of the NFL season, September 5th or whatever that Sunday is, 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Vegas time, the sports book is going to be packed with people not wearing masks who are not six feet apart. Yeah. And listen, at that point, it's like up to the state. If the state of Nevada is really concerned about that, you require people to wear a mask. But then, so the question at that point is, are people going to not come to Vegas because they have to wear the mask? And then at right. what point is it, because we've seen this happen around the country, you're going to have people showing up who don't want to wear a mask and you're putting the security in, the, in a tough spot where there's like, there's going to be like, you know, a, not a fight, but you know, the guy doesn't want to well, wear a mask and he's refusing to leave and things right. like that. Well, that's what I'm thinking here. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to make light of it, but I'm actually being dead serious. Like on a Sunday afternoon, you're going to have a guy in a sports book who's going to be losing money on games, he on NFL games he bet. He's going to be drinking and he's going to throw off the mask and start screaming and yelling about his, uh, you know, his rights are being infringed upon and he's not wearing a mask and blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, it, you know, it's coming. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, that was the interesting thing that I just like observed from Las Vegas. I mean, if you're descending upon Vegas, if you're going to Vegas right now, you probably have that mindset of like, I'm not wearing a mask. Like, I don't think it's a big deal. And so right. that is their clientele. What it'll be interesting is like, how big of a percentage is that clientele large enough to sustain that city and the hotels and casinos? Uh, that's interesting. Great yeah. question. Yeah, it's a great question. But yeah, it makes sense. Yep. All right. I appreciate you giving me a little, uh, little uh, recap of Sin City because, <laughs> you know, it's I don't know when I'm going to go back, but you know, I know. the sports book, the sports book there was so fun. It's 
amazing. And by so, the way, Jimmy, this was like their year to shine. They had the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders, the, the NFL right. draft was supposed to be there. Like, right. So again, it's, I'm kind of bummed for that town because it is a great sports town, but it will be back soon. It's just a very weird time over there right now. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I've had any place in America that, you know, where this would be weird. Mm. Vegas is, you know, right there. So, all right, well, stay safe and thanks for coming on and, uh, be healthy and well, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. See ya. Take care. All right. My thanks to Andrew Marshan of the New York Post and Arash Markazi of the LA Times. Good podcast. Appreciate them coming on. If you missed any recent episodes, they're in the archives. Check them out. Download, rate, review, and please subscribe. Nate Burleson from Good Morning Football and CBS Sports was on last week. Phenomenal interview there with Nate. But not an interview. It was a conversation, and Nate was phenomenal. Aaron Andrews two weeks ago. Andrew Perla from the Dan Patrick Show three weeks ago. Peter Schrager, Ian Eagle. Chris Long, all recent guests. So um, check those out if you haven't. Give us a rating and a review. It helps tremendously. And of course, subscribe. All right, that wraps up this edition of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.